and welcome to another uh, spectacular edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Uh, full house in the studio today. Austin Huff, Goshen News Sports Editor. Uh, Evan Leepak, as always. Evan, how we doing? Fantastic. How are you? Good. Happy summer. We're officially into summer. Yes. Yes. We're and still. It still feels like we're grinding a little bit, though. Yeah. We're definitely going to be grinding once I get back from vacation. Whoa, that's you're for going sure. on vacation? We're going to be grinding. Allowed. Who approved that? <laughs> Not you. I know I didn't. I don't have that approval power, actually. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Um, we have two guests with us today in the in the podcast room. Very excited to have both of them in here. Uh, representing Goshen College, the uh, sports information director or assistant athletic director of communications. I don't know what his official title really is. One Long title. Long title. Justin DeWeese. Justin, yes. how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. And the official statistician of Goshen College, making a second appearance on this podcast, Tony Miller. Tony. Hello. Don't we need five to make a full house? Do we Three need and five two. to make a full house? Yeah, that's true. I mean... Is that a card thing? Yes. You know how it's like you get like three jacks and two tens as a full house? Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess would be four that. of a kind. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would be. That's an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting kind, but somebody's <laughs> got to work to make that to the uh, to get the sports from the field onto the page or onto the website, right? It's definitely four jokers. That's the guess the kind yeah. right here. Four jokers. So. Some people call you the space cowboy. Some people only came for a plug. <laughs> Who calls you Maurice, Evan? Anyone call you Maurice? Never been called Maurice in my no. life. Justin, have you ever no. been called Maurice? No. But Tony? Gangster of Love, a few times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, know, we know your history, of course. Uh, well, we got Justin and Tony in here. They're going to you know, provide some insights. Uh, quickly, before uh, we get going too far, Justin, you are new to the... You're not new to the air. You've been here for about a year now, but you're new to the airwaves of Goshen. Yes. Uh, tell me maybe a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how long you've been at uh, Goshen College. Yeah, I'm originally from Ohio. I uh, went to school in Ohio, grew up there, um, graduated from Ohio University, and uh, then came to Goshen. So this is my first job out of college and joined at the end of September. Um, I did cross country and track in high school, um, so that's my sporting background. Um, did some a few summers with the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League uh, for baseball, a um, couple at the league office, and then one for a team in the league called the Grand Lake Mariners. Um, yeah, that's kind of my background. I enjoy running and now just exploring Goshen, and especially during the summer now that I have some more free time, getting more yeah. familiar with the area. Yeah, I mean, you got you got a little busy, you know, last week with the hiring of a new basketball coach. Yep, but, yep. Uh, we'll talk more about that later, obviously, in the show. Uh, Tony, everyone I think knows you. Yeah, some, I, sometimes I think that, and sometimes I'm surprised. Bethany Christian, 2013, correct? B- uh, Bethany, 2010, Goshen College, oh, 2014. Sorry, I forgot you were much older than me. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say much, but <laughs> yeah, am I the oldest person in this room right now? You are. That's a little bit scary. By three years. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know. You're 30. 29. Okay. So okay, so two years. Two and a half. When do you turn yeah. 30? May. Uh, next May. Okay, so yeah, you only got two years. He just turned 29. Yeah. Yeah. Justin's 23. He's a young guy. A mere 23. He can barely drink, you know? (laughs) It's unfortunate. Um, So yeah, we got got them talk a little bit about Goshen College. Um, They're going to give some thoughts. Tony's involved in the local area. He still follows high school sports. We got Justin prepped for this if he wants to enter enter any of his opinions (laughs) on uh, some of these uh, new formats and things that we're going to be talking about. Go right ahead. But uh, let's talk quickly first about... 
the new IHSA basketball tournament change. This was the biggest news of the past week in the high school sports world. We will be no longer doing a two-game regional, one-game semi-state. It goes to a one-game regional, two-game semi-state. And, uh, yeah, it, 74% of coaches, athletic directors, apparently wanted this change, and the IHSA approved it. Uh, Evan, what was maybe your first reaction when you, when you saw the news? I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's fine, especially since it used to be this way, supposedly. From, yeah, kind of. Kind so of. In a, little in a bit, way, yeah. with, two, with two semi-state games. Um, I don't know. Personally, it feels like there should be two regionals and then one semi-state, you know, one one game before you get to the state championship. That's my own personal opinion. But, I mean, I saw both sides of the fence. Some people liked it, some people didn't, especially in your story. Yeah. Shameless plug. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Wolf you. and Brody Garber. Uh, yeah. So, Brody was not a fan. No. But Aaron was like, heck yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, so it's just funny how... It can be so different, but it didn't surprise me that Aaron loved it. You know, he's all, he loves everything. It seems like so. Aaron Aaron Wolf will back anything Indiana high school basketball, pretty much. Mm. He probably won. He was probably one of the few people that liked the class system when it first started. No one liked that, so right. everyone should gotten used to it. But nobody likes change usually, and then yeah. they just get used to it, and they're like, "Oh, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was." It's mm-hmm. kind of how it always goes. Tony, you've you've been in this state long enough to see a couple different formats. Not to call you old again, but you know, uh, what are your thoughts? Two game uh, on a on a one game regional, two game semi state. I mean, my first thought is if that's the if the biggest news of the week is a format change, there must not have been a whole lot of news last no, week in the sense that you've got. So you get 16 sectional winners in each class. You have to end up with two to play the state final. In between, you've got three rounds, and we're kind of shuffling deck chairs on how we play them. I'm thinking back to, wasn't the two-game regional how you first experienced uh, Golden Glow Chicken? What? Golden Glow Chicken? uh, You were at, uh, like, North Judson or something, and somebody was was selling that? That was was Nelson's. Yeah, well, (laughs) Nelson's is the company. Golden Glow is the brand name, but it's the same stuff. It was in between. There's not much to do in North Judson. Thank God they were selling Nelson's Chicken. It's the same stuff, and it's whatever it's called, it's lining my arteries. <laughs> yes, same. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I wasn't. I'm not a huge fan. I, I, as it sat on me more, I'm not. I like I liked having a week to build the semi-state game. Yeah. Like this is a semifinal of the state tournament. This is a big game. You get a whole week to prepare for it. Like mentally, the teams get a whole week to prepare. You're gonna rest your players. Like yeah. it feels rushed to do the semifinal game. Five hours after you played the quarterfinal game, I yeah. don't know. I'm not. I'm not a fan of two games in one day in any format, personally. But that's that's my own opinion. Yeah, so. <laughs> maybe they could have taken you know the soccer approach where they play the regional midweek, you know, and then you play semi-state mm-hmm. or regional final Saturday. That way, you could still keep the tournament the same length. You just take the you know one game and put it in the middle of the week. And then regional final, and then semi-state final on the next Saturday, state final. I yeah, I just, I don't know. Like it, I feel like it hurts. It hurts that semi-state game. It's just not as many upsets. That's what you said, right? Yeah, it's like you're only gonna have five hours to prepare now. So you usually, like, probably the better talented team will win. And I use this example in my my column, but like Northwood girls in 2020, like they were obviously very good and deserved to win the state championship. They were incredible, incredibly talented, played amazing mm-hmm. defense. But they held two teams in their last two games to, like, more than 40 points below their scoring average. And part of that was probably because they had a week to prepare for the semi-state. They don't – they never seen Benton Central, you know, playing in a game. So they get a full week to get ready for them. And then, obviously, you're still going to get a week to get ready for state. 
in the new format. And that's why they held Salem to 29 points. They held Benton Central 22. You know, they were still talented, but if they only had four hours to prepare for them, like, would it have gone differently? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. and that's not against anything Northwood did. And I'm not trying to take away anything. Like, that's why I put in my column. I explicitly was like, not taking anything away Northwood did. But having six days instead of six hours to yeah. prepare probably helped a lot. Uh, it's no. worth remembering, I think, that we did try a version of that midweek format. First, when we first started class basketball, you played a Tuesday night regional and then a four-team semi-state mm-hmm. on Saturday so that you could, because they had a tournament of champions yeah. on what is now the... Uh, what is now the state finals weekend. And I don't think anybody is lining up to restore the tournament of champions format, but we talked about how North Judson is uh, not exactly in the middle of somewhere. And part of the reason I think they moved away from that is you don't want to have to make teams make a a two hour drive across the state on a weeknight uh, to turn around, especially on a a Tuesday where if you're, uh, you're kind of up against that, the wall to finish that sectional. Uh, But yeah, Nobody's lining up to play more midweek games if they have to either, but then the alternative is playing two games, either lengthening the tournament or playing two games in one day. Yeah, and I think Wolf mentioned it too, like that that midweek regional game on a Tuesday. He said one of the drawbacks of that was like, you didn't really get to celebrate winning a sectional. You win the sectional Saturday night, you had Sunday, and then Monday, boom, you're going right into prep for a regional game. So you you never felt like you could really celebrate that sectional Mm-hmm. Championship because you had to get ready right away for the regional, and like that's fine. But so maybe the alternative is put that regional game Thursday, you know, make it a regional semifinal game so that way you don't win a championship that midweek. Mm-hmm. So you could take a couple days to celebrate sectional, get ready for the regional semifinal, and then regional finals still Saturday night. Like, I think that would work best. And then you play semi state and then final, obviously. I think this Tony guy should be a co host. It seems like, it seems like he uh, he knows his way around the mic. He just goes right in. <laughs> Justin, any any comments on our our comments? Well, I, I like the point in your column about um, I love it's with economics. I mean, um, having more people in semi state and just you know saying we're going to semi state versus you know we're in the second round of regionals. Um, I more people may be likely to attend those, and so uh, having more of the local economies of those areas and just the excitement. Um, you, know, you mentioned how you're keeping more people interested later in the tournament. So I think uh, that's probably a big reason. Um, I think, well, you said like 74% agreed. So anytime you have that much buy-in, I mean, there must be something. (laughs) I I understand the the downsides and the upsets. The upsets is something I don't think you initially think of, but that's definitely would, I don't think you'll see as many of those with the Mm -hmm. uh, lower time to prepare. Justin, read your stuff. How does that feel? Tone to read my stuff. Oh, you know, sure. hey, hey, man, I need a page view. You know, I'm not necessarily get prepared for the podcast. I just need beads on just our need content. One page yeah. view. Do it for both ways. I need the clicks. Um, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I, I do like. I think it's going to be nice to have 32 teams playing in the third weekend. Like that's the, that is a nice benefit of it. Like you're going to have more teams involved. It's going to it's going to make that Saturday feel bigger. I just don't like how that. You know, I wish there was at least a day or two before you played this championship game. Right. You know, have some time to really build up to that. You know, I, I kind of like the two-game regional. You know, I don't know. I just – I probably will be fine with it once it happens. You know, we'll get used to it, right? If this is if – they, if they stay with this format, we'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. Just how people got used to the two-game regional, one-game semi-state. Just like so. anything else, 
Right. Be cool to see more regional banners around, I guess. Yeah. It's just going to be like, I mean, Northwood would have won two regionals in a row in boys basketball, in theory. Mm -hmm. They've won the semifinal games the last two years. So they would have been regional champs and... You know, that affects your tournament success factor number two, which is another thing. It's going to be easier to get those points and then potentially teams go up, you know, in the future. Mm. So, and we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. It always is. It's always interesting. It's my go-to <laughs> word. Any last thoughts from the from the gallery? I mean, it's always, you always have unintended consequences when you do things, and I'm, I don't think we figured out what those are going to be yet. That's why they're unintended. Mm-hmm. Right. What were the intended consequences here? Well, I think, I mean, regional basketball for a lot of people is the the most fun weekend of the year because it's that two-game day. You've got right. basketball going from 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning into the middle of the afternoon, catch a college game or two, and then you're back for a regional final. Um, and I think part of the intended consequences of this move was to get that sort of carnival of basketball closer to the state final where there aren't a whole lot of states that can say they sell out an 18,000 seat NBA arena sometimes twice for their state championships. Yeah, that, that is fair. I think the, the people were like, oh, that regional Saturday is the best Saturday of the year. Now they're just moving it to semi-state essentially. Mm-hmm. So in theory, like it'll be cool, right? It'll, it'll feel big, but like you said, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. Instead of conference tournaments, college basketball i think it's it'd be ncaa tournament games is that correct yeah you, the semi-state goes up against the first round of the ncaa tournament so yeah. that saturday you're gonna have high school basketball all day and then teams punching sweet 16 tickets mm-hmm. yep. as well so pull up cbs app on your uh, on your phone and <laughs> yeah. you know watch basketball on your phone and watch basketball in in person yep. so there you go um yeah and then some other news from ihsa world came out uh postseason sites have been set for the fall uh nothing too crazy i feel like uh golf yep still at cobblestone Mm -hmm. uh, for sectional and uh, noble hawk still gets to regional you still got the warsaw sectional at stonehenge down there as well cross country big shock oxbow park sectional and regional west oval hosts that other sectional regional and then, yep. uh, yeah, New Haven for the semi-state, which is actually at Huntington University, part of the Crossroads League. Shout out, Goshen <laughs> College. Um, and then, uh, yeah, boys tennis, nothing nothing really jumped off the page here, too. Concord's hosted sectionals for a long time in boys tennis. Goshen gets one. That's a kind of rotating one with them in Northwood the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, Lakeland, West Noble, West, you go over to East Noble. That's been the one that it's had for a while. Um, and then Wallace C will be with Warsaw down there uh, in at Warsaw. Warsaw finally has their courts ready to go. They actually would host that sectional at Columbia City, but Warsaw kept it as like host. They were hosting it, but it was at Columbia City for like the last three years. Okay. Warsaw finally has their courts, I think, ready to go. So now it actually will be at Warsaw. No caveats, <laughs> I think. I might Yet. have just jinxed it. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then regional at Concord, which again they've hosted regional for a while there. So um, the soccer ones, these were some new alignments. Obviously, we had new alignments come out in April, May area. So some of these sectionals are interesting. Uh, Evan, hmm. since you wrote this story, why don't you uh, talk about where that three were, were these boys soccer? Where are these boys soccer sectionals being held at? Question mark. Question Words are mark. hard. Words are hard. Would you like me to read them off? Sure. Is that what you want me you to do? You can just read off the sentences that you wrote. 
Sounds like a great idea. Go, go for it. I think I'll do that. We'll discuss 3A first, and by discuss, I mean I'm just going to read the words. Yes. Concord, Goshen, Northridge. They'll compete with Elkhart, Mishawaka, Plymouth, and East Noble in sectional four. That will be at Elkhart. I'm going to guess it'll be played at Memorial, the old Memorial. That's where they play their home soccer matches. Correct. Sometimes they play them on the soccer field. Sometimes they play them on the football field. Over at Rice Field? No, that's Rice. Rice Field is at East. Yeah. The West Campus is Memorial. They 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 played the girls soccer sectional on the football field at Memorial, but they play their regular season games at the soccer field next to the football field. Sure, the football stadium or the old, but now it's a soccer stadium. Yeah, you know, the the one that had a gridiron on it probably has more seating. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. That's why. Basically, it's just seating. Makes sense. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Two A. Yeah. Lakeland West Noble Northwood Wawasee. They'll compete with Angola and Garrett, sectional 20, at Angola. Yeah. That's nice the, new that's, turf field. That's the one that I guess is... That's the longest drive. The surprise for people. When, uh, that's that's not a very central sectional site. Unless, Honestly, all six of those schools, though, like... Yeah. There isn't a real central sectional site in what, that. West Noble? Yeah, that's maybe. That's it. Lakeland? Maybe. Lakeland in their 200-seat stadium, you know? That's about it. It's a decent trek for Northwood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, it's, it's, yeah, there's, I mean, this is a unintended consequence of, you know, class sports. Like, you're going to have long drives potentially for sectionals. It's, right. It is what it is, you know. When we had one open tournament for soccer, it's like the long drive for sectional was like Warsaw coming up to Goshen. Right. Which is, I think, 22 miles, according to that sign on 15 by the funeral home. Yeah. Yes, and now you got. <laughs> it feels like fifty, but it's only twenty-two. Yeah, you go through three different towns along the way. I know. Uh, I guess East Noble's got a little bit of that coming over to Elkhart yeah, in three A. That was the strangest one. That. And. Yeah, Plymouth the, coming up. I mean, Penn's not in the sectional anymore, so that's good. Yeah, that getting separated from Penn in the state tournament is, is always good. about it, the best yeah. news you can get in Elkhart delay, County. Delay playing them for as long as possible, and pretty much everything. Okay, one A. We have two of them this year, Evan. Two 1A boys soccer sectionals. Wow. Yay. 1A. Yay. Sectional 36. This is Westview. Westview will be a part of this one. It's in Central Noble. Defending state With champs. Central Noble, correct. Eastside, Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, Hamilton, Lakewood Park Christian, Prairie Heights, and South Adams. It's a lot of teams there. <clears throat> and we're in sectional 36. And then Bethany Christian is in sectional 35 over at Elkhart Christian with the Eagles, Lakeland Christian, LaVille, and Trinity Greenlaw. So I'm going to go to Tony on this one. Bethany Christian grad. Still follows, obviously, what the Bruins do. Thoughts on Bethany and Westview being separated from the sectional? That just means the fun happens at the regional level, Austin. That's what I was thinking, too. That's going to be a fun regional semifinal game. Yeah, my my thoughts looking at these are that Westview has, I mean, Westview has a very solid facility for a 1A soccer program. They've been playing soccer since the 60s, so they should have a good facility, and they do. And they, and they have no football. Yes, so there's also that. Worry about in the fall, uh, out, yeah. Um, but man, that is a uh, a geographically disparate sectional. You going from Westview to Eastside and Butler and Blackhawk Christian and Fort Wayne, and there's some driving involved there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thirty-five, on the other hand, is it's a little bit curious to me that Elkhart Christian's hosting as Bethany opens a a new soccer field here in a couple of months. I'm wondering if maybe they didn't want to host the first year in case there are some kinks that, like we said earlier, unforeseen consequences that have to yes. be dealt with. But I think 
Uh, that one's a much more condensed sectional. Uh, of course, we used to play sort of arena soccer on like a 55-yard wide field at Newton Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elkhart Christian doesn't have that, but I think they've only got two digits on the clock on their scoreboard, which yes. <laughs> is a feature I've never seen anywhere else. I, yeah, covering the girls' soccer sectional over there in 2020, you couldn't really read the scoreboard. You just had to, yeah. you really had to watch the game. So it's just to the minute. Yeah, like, you can see you can see either the minutes or I think in the last minute, minute it shows yeah, the seconds. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a very but, it's a very outdated hard scoreboard to read. You really have to be focusing to yeah, what's going yeah. on. Yes, but for Elkhart Christian, it's a great. I mean, this is a school that that doesn't get a chance to host gobs of sectionals because so many of their sectionals are are spread out, and you end up driving to Fort Wayne Blackhawk, Fort Wayne Fremont. Canterbury back in the day, uh, over to Fremont. Yeah. Yes, that Not was. Anymore. 2A. Well, yeah, Fremont going up to 2A, but they're right on the line. They'll probably be back at some point. Yep. Um, so a chance for them to host is certainly nothing to nothing to sneeze at. A chance for some decent school pride over there on the south side of the city with a heart. And I think it. Uh, I think it really. I mean, that's great. On paper, it's a great sectional draw for Bethany. Traditionally, like that should be a winnable sectional every year. Yeah. Westview too. I mean, the NECC doesn't offer usually much. Competition, so like a Central Noble and an East Side, obviously Hamilton. Westview offers some competition in the NACC, but that's about it. Yeah, it's just like Westview and West Noble. That's about, yeah, yeah. But like in that sectional, you could almost I mean, you're going to cross off Hamilton because they don't usually have a team. Wow, bro, the disrespect. Yeah, no. sorry, they haven't won a game in anything in like years. Central Noble, East Side. I don't know about any of those other ones. LPC, yeah. So LPC has been competitive, certainly. I'm also noticing that that Elkhart Christian sectional, you've got Bethany, Elkhart, Lakeland, and Trinity Greenlawn, four out of the five or four out of the six schools in the Hoosier Plains Conference feeding into the same sectional. So you're almost guaranteed a sectional champion there. The way it should be, in my opinion. So basically a conference tournament. Yeah. So um, I'll go through the girls' soccer ones, which is always fun. It's like, I don't know how they can be different with each gender, you know? Like all these same schools still play soccer against each other. Why are they not in the same, you know, sectionals? But 3A, Goshen gets to host this year, the girls' sectional. Concord, Elkhart, Northridge, Plymouth, the other four. So no Penn. Penn has won, like, 17 girls' soccer sectionals in a row or something like that. So finally, Penn gets to leave, go go, go east, or west, sorry. They're going west, towards Mishawaka and all of them. Penn could be playing in Class 4A in a 3A system. They're yeah. kind of a juggernaut, and they're, I forget where they are in the top 10, but they are one of the biggest schools in the state, in case. I think they might be sixth at this point, six or seven. Yeah. yeah. I guess Elkhart combined is probably not real far behind them. Yeah. Uh, 2A, sectional 20, Northwood will host with Angola, East Noble, Lakeland, Wawasee, and West Noble. So that's, that's, a, that's always an interesting sectional. It's been wide open the last however many years um so that should be a fun fun one again and then 1a uh girls westview and bethany are together still here sectional 36 they are joined by central noble elkhart christian and lakeland christian so uh so it'll be a sectional final of westview bethany and girls and a regional semifinal of westview bethany and boys yeah that's where this gets confusing it's the same matchup it's different levels of the state tournament yeah i think in football sometimes you I mean we've had like Metropolitan Interscholastic Conference conference opponents meeting on opposite sides in the North versus South state title game. Yes. And it's like Saturday at 7 o'clock after you've been watching football for an entire weekend, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, fine. 
nothing, nothing. I mean, again, the one that's tough for us is Angola in soccer, but it's good mileage money. It's a trick. Yeah. For us. At least at least you don't have to pay tolls going over on twenty. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Are take there tolls home. anywhere around here? Tolls? Yeah, there's toll a toll road. There's toll a whole roads? toll road right above us. Oh, is there? Yeah. I eighty in the state is a toll road, right? I ninety is the toll road, but they're multiplexed. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's like pretty much borders the state line, give or okay. take. Yeah, we we don't usually ever need it, but yeah, technically it exists. I've driven it a couple times. Okay, cool. Yeah, volleyball. I'll I'll be sure to avoid <laughs> that road. Yes, volleyball. Volleyball. That's you. I'm gonna avoid that too. I don't. That's, want yeah, us. avoid volleyball. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm sure the volleyball fans will be. <laughs> Loving this. And all right, we're moving on. No. <laughs> all right. We have four classifications here, you know? So we're going to talk about all four. 4A, Concord, Goshen, Northridge. They're going to be in sectional four with host Penn, Elkhart, and Warsaw. Yep. Wow. No new change there in the format or the teams, so. Still have to deal with Penn. Yep. In, in that one. Yep. 3A, Northwood. They're going to host sectional 20. With Fairfield, Lakeland, Wawasee, and West Noble competing with them as well. Yep, Fairfield moved up to 3A, mm-hmm. so only a five-team sectional. Northwood gets to host regional, too. That's nice. Took that from Belmont this year. Or Norwell. Sorry, Norwell hosted it. This is now Northwood hosting it. That's cool. Yep. Because Northwood, they had to go to had to go to Lakeland last year. Yeah, sectional. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then Norwell is not a short drive. Right. I was going to say, County. you're going to get, you're guaranteed to get a Goshen News area sectional champion in 3A. I know. It's very so you exciting. are guaranteed to have to drive to that regional. So it might as well be at Northwood instead of mm-hmm. oh, some of the other places they have put that regional over the years. Newcastle, Norwell, Belmont, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Um, that Yeah, they love moving it around. They're like, they don't care. Yeah. But Northwood is nice. Nice short drive. Newcastle, I get why Newcastle, they yeah. want Newcastle to host a regional. It's only the largest high school gym in the world. It's just not very geographically convenient for the Goshen News coverage area. Thank God that won't happen again in the next two years at least. They finally moved them out of that. So, 2A. 2A, sectional 35. This one will be at Prairie Heights. We have Westview Warriors, Central Noble, Cherbusco, Eastside, and Fremont in that one. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's all I got. Yes. Yep, Fairfield used to be in that one. Now they're up to 3A. That's a fact. Yes. <laughs> and 1A. And 1A. We have uh, Bethany Christian, Tony's alma mater. They're going to be in sectional 51, obviously. They'll have Elkhart Christian, Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, Fort Wayne Canterbury, Hamilton, and Lakewood Park Christian. All in that yep. sectional. Yeah. I would bet, I'd bet my money on a private school winning that one, or a religious school. Let's see. The only one that's not is Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. got a good chance. You put your money on the Christians. You're gonna you're gonna win. So, is Canterbury a Christian school? Do Christians? Canterbury is yes. Okay. They are non-denominational. Christians ah. don't believe in gambling, do they? Yeah, they do. Some of them do. <laughs> Many of them would say they don't. Uh, not sure that that belief is as widely held in practice as it is in theory. Yeah. See, I'm going to go to the more religious people in the room for the answer. Uh, Tony, Justin, anyone? Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's that. We'll talk about that, obviously, when the fall comes around. But let's uh, we'll talk some quick national sports before we get into Goshen College stuff. We'll do some national content. Um, sorry, 
Sorry, Evan. Avalanche. <laughs> Stanley Cup champs. <laughs> That's it. Rest in peace to the Lightning's uh, historical run. Yep. It's about the only time you're going to get an avalanche in South Florida. hey mm. Dude. <laughs> Tony's here all week, folks. He's here <laughs> no, all I'm week. Not. Actually, this podcast South will live online Florida. forever, probably. So he's here forever, folks. Okay, that's scary. <laughs> they say light, lightning strikes twice, but not not three times. No. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> so we know what the headline yeah, would have been if that was on GoLeafs.net. Dang. <laughs> wow. Look at these guys. I'm more concerned with Tony's uh, geography of Florida, saying it was in South Florida, Tampa. Tampa Technically, it's in the in southern South half of the state. Evan, where is the University of South Florida located? Yeah, it's, I don't know why it's called that, but it's in Tampa. <laughs> I mean, that's not really South Florida, though. It's south of Orlando. It's definitely south of Jacksonville. It's like west. It's west central Florida is where yeah. Tampa is. Anyway. If south, if talking about South Florida, you're going to be in Naples, maybe even Fort Myers, obviously Miami, it's those a, it's areas. It's been a great geography lesson. So. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Avalanche were... A quote wagon, you know that's what the kids call them now. They were a wagon, a wagon. Yeah, sixteen and four playoff run, rarely showed signs of vulnerability. You know, so kudos oh. to them. And they dented the cup. That's crazy. The last guy tripped. Yeah, he's getting ready for the photo, and he <laughs> literally trips and drops it and dents the thing. Apparently, they're gonna have to pay for the damages. I saw the the keeper of the cup guy was like, "Yeah, the Avs are gonna have to pay for this." I'm sure they will gladly take the, I mean, you take the chargers that come along with being the team that has the cup. That reminds yes. me, was it Barcelona who, the bus? <laughs> At yes. least they didn't run over it with a motor vehicle. <laughs> yes, yeah. could be worse. Yeah. yeah, Barcelona, what did they win that? that well, they dropped the, what uh, The it? Copa del Rey, I think. Copa del Rey, okay. or, yeah. Or La Liga championship, whatever they want. This isn't the first time the Stanley Cup's been damaged, but no, it is no. fun. It's, it so, it's, it's always fun. every year. It's I mean, always fun. The things that go in that Stanley Cup that get drank out of and eaten out of. Say, and, yeah. At least when you put champagne in the bowl, you get the alcohol killing some of the germs. <laughs> yeah. I there mean, you I've seen, you've seen people eat like, you know, fruit, fruit, fruity pebbles, fruit loops. Fruit, fruit, fruity. I got caught between fruity pebbles and fruit loops, <laughs> fruit you know, loops. like eat cereal out of it. Both are good. Yeah. Better than eating Fruit of the Loom out of it, I guess? I guess, Oh, yes. no. <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah, yeah definitely yes. better. Um, so, yeah, congrats, Avs. Justin, any comments on the... Uh, any more hockey comments? I know it was dominant. I mean, yeah. that game two was fun. Are you <laughs> but, a hockey guy? No, but I'm... Come playoff time, Stanley Cup time. Yeah. That's why... You're an Ohio There's, guy, so would you, like, technically pull for the Blue Jackets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been to a couple Blue Jackets games, but... Columbus, cool. Columbus, Columbus. Yeah. So, uh, NBA draft last week. Two South Bend kids get drafted. Jaden Ivey, fifth to uh, I was to Purdue. Fifth to Detroit. He's from Purdue. Went to Purdue. And then Blake Wesley, Notre Dame, going to San Antonio. Um, first time a Northern Indiana native has been drafted since Rick Fox from Warsaw in 1991. And Rick only played at Warsaw for two years, so really it's Sean Kemp was probably the last one that was drafted. Yeah, I mean, I was just reflecting on that, that South Bend has their their night, I was going to say their night in the sun. That doesn't really work from a science (laughs) perspective. Uh, But they got, I mean, their night in the spotlight, two top 25 picks out of the same city. I I think I saw on Twitter it had been 1947 since somebody from, and that's going far enough back. You had the National Basketball League and the Basketball Association of America. They hadn't merged to form the NBA yet. But 
also puts into perspective just how lucky the NLC was in terms of talent in a six-year span. They had Scott Skiles, Sean Kemp, Rick Fox all go in the NBA draft. And, of course, Sean Kemp was going to go from Concord to Lexington to play for Kentucky. Usually, in a historical sense, you go from Lexington to Concord to start the Revolutionary War. Yes, there you go. There you go. Tony Miller, everyone. He's got his, he's got his jokes all ready to go. Uh, I have information. Some of it's even useful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that was a pretty big night. I mean, it was really cool. Like, Jade and Ivy probably had the best reaction of the night being oh, yeah. drafted. It was, like, very emotional, crying. And, uh, his Leslie, mom. What? His mom. Yeah, with Niel. Niel mm-hmm. Ivy, women's basketball coach at Notre Dame, too. Um, yeah, man, that's the stuff you live for, right? Those are the – I can't ever get enough of those. Those types of videos – there was one, like, the kid from Colorado State that was drafted, and he had no idea the Memphis Grizzlies were going to take him, and he was, like, overwhelmed, and you could hear his family go crazy in the background, and, yeah, those are the best, man. Sports rule sometimes. <laughs> they rule sometimes. Like, they're cool. Sports are fun. Yeah. Who'd the Bulls pick? Um, the kid from Arizona, not uh, Terry, Dalen Terry. I forgot his name already. That's how yeah, much I Yeah, Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry. Not Benedict Mathurin, or Matherin, Matherin. who yeah. went to the Pacers. Yeah. Of course, the Pacers haven't had a, top, a single digit pick in the NBA draft, I think, since Rick Smith's. It's been a while. They haven't, had a, top, they haven't had a top seven pick since Reggie, Reggie Miller. That one worked out okay. <laughs> yeah, he did all right. So, yeah. Yeah. Matherin, Matherin's a good pick, for, I think, for the Pacers. Uh, Justin, you you a basketball guy? I guess. Not Cavs? really NBA. No? No, more college. Yeah. yeah. So they like no no analysis on who the Cavaliers picked or No, I don't, I don't know who they picked. <laughs> I don't even know if they picked anybody. Okay. <laughs> I think they had picks. Did they have a picks? Yeah, I'm, I'm flashing back to you're more of a Southern Ohio guy, and there hasn't been a, an NBA team in Cincinnati since, right. what, 1975 or so? We're going to go with that. I have no idea. The Royals <laughs> moved to Kansas City. Right. Uh-huh. And they started playing baseball. No, they became the Kings. Although, given that Sacramento is on a 16-year playoff drought, maybe they should try playing baseball. They should. They should. Um... Also, the Cubs are back. I don't know if anyone saw that. Took two or three from the Cardinals. So, here we go. It's a long season. It will turn bad again. We're familiar with how the Cubs work. Just in time to trade Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. That's, yeah. That's stink. Anyone want to take pulse of their other baseball teams? I know Evan, the Rays just swept the Pirates. Yeah, before that, they've been very bad. So, (laughs) So they're uh, in the AL East is, of course, the toughest division in baseball right now. Other than the NL West, but... It's very close because the Blue Jays are really good. The Yankees are obviously great. The Red Sox have been playing a lot better. And then you got the Rays who are eight games above 500, and they're probably like 15 games back because the Yankees have been playing so well. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out. We still have a lot of season left, but uh, I'm not feeling great about where the Rays are right now, even though they're eight games over 500. Justin, one of the few teams worse than the Cubs. Your team, the Reds. <laughs> yes, yes. And – I mean, they're better to watch in the first 20, 25 games of the season. But, yes, uh, <laughs> they were really bad to yes, start. Yes, really, but really bad. they're See, three and 22, I think. I, yeah, I think that was it. Start. Yeah. 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 That's, and then uh, they like, swept a doubleheader. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but seeing that gap close with the Cubs some is is nice to see than yeah. where it was at. So. And, of course, yeah. the Rays sweeping the Pirates makes both the Cubs and the Reds feel good. Because yeah. it's really a two-horse race in the NL Central with St. Louis and Milwaukee. And then there are three other teams that kind of have been playing out the string since about Mother's Day. Before that, probably. Tax Day. The Reds were playing out the string in February, dude. (laughs) (laughs) They traded everyone. Pirates, too. The Cubs 
they acted like they cared for the first two weeks. Right, tax day. It's about tax day, April fifteenth. Yeah. yeah, then we stopped. So that was fun. I mean, Suzuki has been injured, so like that that hurt the cause a little bit. Hap went down. Bodie went down. Like, mm-hmm. so it's literally just been Wilson Contreras and twenty four other dudes <laughs> for like the first two months. So, um, all right, Goshen College, the Leafs, which uh, my new computer when I got it updated didn't uh, think Leafs Leafs was a word L E A F S. So that was fun to have to auto correct that one yeah. again. Um, we just hired, we, Goshen College <laughs> just hired a new men's basketball coach. Uh, Justin, do you want to take the floor on Kyle Caps? Uh-huh. Yeah, given you wrote the press release for it. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Who's, who is Kyle Caps? Um, well, Kyle Caps is already familiar. I mean, a lot of people in the Goshen area already know him because uh, he graduated from Goshen College and played on the men's basketball team. Um, he's 30 years old and came back and was an assistant coach. Uh, coached a few years up at Siena Heights and then came back on John Trofe's staff as an assistant again. Um, and then this most recent year, he was the associate head coach before uh, becoming interim coach in the last few months. So um, he's very familiar with college and the, the team itself, uh, the program. Um, he'll be the first to tell you that he's experienced the program as a student athlete, as a fan, as an assistant. And... Uh, now the head coach position. So he's a, I mean, Tony's known him longer than me, but I would say he's a very genuine guy. Um, definitely cares about the success of the men's basketball program and the college as a whole. Yeah. Right. Tony? Co- uh, coach Caps was, incidentally, while he was an assistant the first time, was also the athletic director at one of the boys and girls clubs around here. So oh, he, they're going to say at Goshen College. No. Because everyone's been the athletic director, I think, at Goshen College at one Yeah, point. there has been more turnover there than I think we yeah. would have liked but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean I remember the thing that I remember from that interview process was have uh, we had a meet a meet and greet I guess with usually it's a meet and greet but there wasn't a whole lot of meeting involved with Coach Caps because he was already a little bit of a known quantity on, on campus and I asked him so like why do you want this job why do you want to help sell Goshen College's basketball program and he looks at me and he goes Tony, you remember who I was when I got here? Because we were in the same class in mm-hmm. college. And he's like, and you look at who I am now, and that difference all, I don't want to say it all happened at Goshen because he's been graduated for several years, but that coming to Goshen and that coming into that community was the catalyst for really helping make a boy into a man in his life. And I think one of the things that excites me as an alum is that Kyle is the first Goshen College men's basketball alum, or the first Goshen College alum to come back and lead the program since Jeff Berkey did it, I think, in 1987 and was there for seven years. And Berkey was actually a soccer player in college, so if you want a Goshen College men's basketball alum, you've got to go back even further. Um, but he's got, he's, he understands what he's getting into on campus and the community, and he also comes from Metro Detroit, Mount Clemens, Michigan. So... Uh, it's fair to say that he has experience in other areas of the world that aren't just sort of the Goshen bubble, too. Yeah. No, that's a great point, the alum part, you know. And Evan, you talked to him. We wrote a story, of course, uh, pulling a lot from Justin's press release, you know, on some info, which always helps. Mm-hmm. That's why they have SIDs, man. They help us out. <laughs> so uh, what were your impressions talking to Kyle on the phone there for uh, your first interview with him? Well, it was pretty funny. Like, when I, I call him and he picks up the phone and he's like, 
Hey Evan, how's it going? Like I'm like, wow, you'd think you'd be more more upbeat, more excited. Uh, the day he's announced head coach, but you could tell he was all business. Um, he's gonna have like Gary Chup, Bethany Christian, his Goshen College basketball coach when he was a player around. He's Neil Young. He's he can call. I mean, he has people around him. It's gonna help him get adjusted to this job. Um, I like the fact that he's young. He seems hungry. He, he has recruiting coordinator experience as well, so he knows what it takes to recruit at a pretty high level. So it should be fun to see where this program goes under him. He seems like the right guy, seems like a great fit. So uh, we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, I think it was smart. Like once he became the interim, it felt like that was the right pick to make him the full time. Unless some, you know, A plus plus candidate came across and you're like, okay, well, if we don't hire this guy or a woman, could be a woman, you know. Um, but yeah, Caps, he seems like, you know, he's young, right? So he's got that youthfulness still to him. And, and obviously Trope was young too. It wasn't like John was an old guy walking around. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think it breathes new life into the, not to say new life, but breathes, keeps the life breathing into the program. We'll go with that. Because John did a good job. You know, the record didn't say it, obviously, the last couple of years, but you did get a vibe that it was maybe starting to turn a little bit the last couple of years, especially last year. They were a young team, but. They played well at times, almost beat some good teams, got close, you know. So, like, yeah, you're not winning a lot of games, but there is some momentum maybe going here to the positive direction and keeping Kyle in that spot. I feel like it maybe keeps that going. So, Yeah, I think going to – I mean, making a change but not completely changing who is in charge, I think, will – you got to breathe – as it were, new life into things every every now and again, but you're not making a huge cha- you know a huge sea change either. Right. So, I think uh, yeah, Justin. Any any other comments about about Kyle Cams? Um, well, just in addition, I mean, you know, the, the men's basketball team has uh, really been they're a very service oriented group, and mm-hmm. um, that's you know, I mean just another component of being a student athlete, and you know that the college is the culture for service, and so. Um, I'm excited to see what sort of service opportunities they have in the way of that. And also just department-wide, just Kyle's ideas for how the athletic department as a whole can grow. Because, of course, if any one team does well, then the whole department does well and then the college. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see his ideas. Yeah. So let's talk maybe about some of those teams last year that were really good. Goshen College, I think it starts, to me, with a cross-country team, men's cross-country, national uh, qualifiers again, Nelson Kemboy. Uh, you know, All-American again. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a program on the rise right there, Justin. You came in at the right time, man. They're, <laughs> they're, you get, you're, now your main goal is trying to get a home home cross-country meet for everyone to go see these guys, right, right you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the first s- stories I had done was when he set the cross-country record at the college. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they were really fun to watch and get to Vancouver and – and you guys know some of the new guys coming in. Um, yeah. So that will be great additions and uh, another transfer. So looking forward to that season. It feels good that like local kids are coming yeah. here. Like this was never a, not last couple of years at least, you haven't had like the, the top end local kids. I mean, Hogan and Roberts, right. we talked about the nauseam now, but uh-huh. like two of the best, I mean, they were both in top 30 at state and cross country. They both went to a state track meet, like, it's two really good runners from this area that are going to Goshen College, which has not happened all the time. So that's a huge get for Coach yeah. uh, Rustin Nice and his, and his program. And the thing that I think helps in terms of cross-country, yeah, the, the race gets longer, 
goes from five kilometers, 3.1 miles, to eight kilometers, five miles, when you go from high school to college. But I think cross-country and track can translate about as well from high school to college as any sports do because you don't have anybody, anybody playing defense on you. Right. It's not like you have to focus on your opponent stepping up their game. You just do your thing, and you're really running against the clock as much as you're running against somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's not like these kids have never ran more than three miles in their life in one setting. You know what I no. mean? Like, yeah. they do run for five, ten miles. It's just a matter of learning how to run five miles competitively. That's the learning yeah. curve. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, I don't want to put any, you know, words in stone, but, like, I have to go cover some Crossroads League cross country this year, man. Yeah. Devin? Should we? Yeah. The the national meets in Tallahassee, Florida this year. We'll be down there. Yeah. yeah. Rustin's <laughs> like, yeah, we'll get you on the fl- the flight. And I'm like, yeah, like put me in a carry-on bag or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's about the only way you're going to be able to get me to go to Tallahassee. As long as it's free. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone here in this room has been to Tallahassee, but it's not great. At least it's Tallahassee in November as opposed to Tallahassee in the uh, the softball tournament was in uh, the Gulf Coast of Alabama, like first week of June, and you start getting into, I don't understand why they put spring tournaments on the Gulf Coast, you know, in late May, early June, because it just, the heat, the humidity do not seem like it would be create a conducive environment for athletic activity. Isn't that where the track meets at too? Yeah, track meets in yeah. Gulf Shores, Alabama, yeah. the week before Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah, not great. It feels not a, great. I, I imagine it feels a little bit like running in an armpit in terms of the the, the air movement or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. It's probably about right. Yeah, armpit. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, pivoting from that. Um, no, women's. I thought women's basketball. <laughs> keep had talking a good, about armpits. Yeah, let's talk about armpits. Yeah, it's great. Great content. Um, I thought women's basketball had a nice season too this past year. Uh, you know, Coach Stephanie Miller. She's been uh, on the podcast a few times. Tony's shaking his head. Probably thinking about armpits. <laughs> I hope he's not shaking his head thinking about Stephanie Miller. I mean, she's no. doing a great job at the program. Uh, I'm, no, I was shaking my head thinking about you could get Stephanie Miller in here to talk about a wide variety of things for quite some time. She yes. is uh, she's somewhat of an easy interview in that sense. Yes. Yes. It's, she's much better in podcast form. We don't have to cut her, cut yeah. her quotes short. Oh, know? yeah. Sometimes after a game. But it's a, it's a compliment, Stephanie, if you're listening. I promise. This is a compliment. Like, Right. We enjoy the we enjoy the personality and the talking. So, um, Justin, if you gained that experience, you've been working with Stephanie firsthand. She's also part of the administrative, you know, senior woman administrator. Right. So you, yeah. You've probably been in a lot of meetings with Stephanie. Yeah, and I even I know after game text messages too, and <laughs> I, I I love having more rather than less. Yes. And, mm-hmm. But but then uh, cut out and pick the most important yeah. things and then use those. And uh, the last game of the year when it was the seniors' last game in the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got teary-eyed reading through them. I mean, I didn't even know, I'd hardly know the yeah. students yet, but I mean, she definitely has a connection with her players. And Yeah. yeah, and That was obvious. I mean, with Tanise Chapman and um, the other one's escaping my mind right now. Not Grayson Cockerham. Grayson Cockerham, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Grayson, for forgetting your name there. For, I didn't write it down. I should have written it down. Um, yeah, I mean, they meant a lot to the program, and hopefully they've laid the foundation for what, you know, obviously everyone's going to look back at that Final Four run from five, six years ago now, but maybe that you don't have to get necessarily to that standard, but like getting back on a winning trajectory and, you know, hopefully Grayson and Tanisa have helped kind of establish yeah. that for them. And so. As you said, I mean, they had good games this last season where I mean, they upset Indiana Wesleyan, which is number 11, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Um, nearly beat Marion um, and 
beat a ranked Mount Vernon team on the road. So they had some uh, really good wins. And, and that Indiana Wesleyan game, Indi- Iowa was 20 and three at the time. Yeah. And we were up by like nearly 20 points, I think. It, I yeah. Iowa was never really in that game. So that was a fun game. Right. It's just one of those when you cover a team that, that has lost more than it's won recently. You get up sometimes in these games and you're sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And a lot of times over 40 minutes, the better team wins. And it just never dropped. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was fun. I'm thinking the Mount Vernon game, the two Mount Vernon games, Chapman averaged like 18 rebounds. Yeah. Averaged. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was a level of domination against one opponent that even the Fab Four team didn't really have in the sense that they had two or three people that could split that work and, and Chapman was just an immovable object in the paint in those two games. Yeah. When, when she was playing at her best, she was a really, I mean, there's a reason why she was all conference, you know, selection. She was really good. Um, has a case maybe for one of the best players in program history, uh, given her numbers and her, you know, stats and stuff like that. Yeah. So Evan, do you agree? Yes. You were shaking your head. If you, it if doesn't you, work on a podcast, believe it or not. You got to say, you got to verbalize. So. Well, I mean, I feel like I don't need to say yes or I agree every time, so I'll just shake my head so everyone acknowledges it in the room. Uh-huh. You know. But yeah, uh, Tanise, Tanise was a baller. Obviously, we, we ran a story on her, on her dominance this past season, what she meant to that team. She'll be missed for sure. Thought men's volleyball played well too. I mean, they didn't make the conference tournament, but the conference is very good in men's volleyball. Tony, that point? conference tournament has been expanded for next year. They'll go okay. to go to six of the nine teams. So, okay. in that measure, I mean, I think that was that team should have. When you're receiving votes in the national poll, you probably your conference tournament should probably be big enough to accommodate you. I think, but yeah. I yeah. think that was just a case of that motion uh, happening. We, last year, we were all a little bit caught up still in in pandemic stuff and. And I think, uh, yeah, didn't catch up on that. But yep. Lauren, Lauren Ford doing a good job in her first year yes. there. Um, men's volleyball, so it's now an emerging sport in the IHSA. Yeah, yeah. Justin, you, you seem excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to you know. There's still not that many NAIA programs that have men's volleyball yet, and so it's just puts the college at a really interesting time where, um, you know, we've now had it for a handful of years and. Um, you know, it's growing. And so it's really a good opportune time to really grow your program. I mean, uh, last year, 20 and nine and program record for wins. I mean, uh, you haven't had the program that long, so a lot of things to be program records, but yeah, it's a really exciting time for men's volleyball. Yeah. I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow. I know Bethel is adding men's volleyball here soon. They're going to be in like the, like emerging sport category for a year or two and then become full on NAIA you know, in 23 or 24, one of those years, I think. I haven't looked too much into it, to be yeah. honest, but yeah. it's going to be one of those timelines. So, hey, maybe it gets to a point where the Crossroads League, everyone in the Crossroads has men's volleyball. Like, it could be that point. Instead of you playing in the, uh, oh, my God, the, the not the Wolverine-Hoosier. Wolverine-Hoosier. I almost said yes. Hoosier first. I knew Hoosier wasn't the first word. Yeah. Wolverine-Hoosier Conference. I think you be playing in the Crossroads League. I think you need six teams to to sponsor a sport before the league will pick it up, and that would get us to, I think, three, Goshen, Mount Vernon, Nazarene, and Bethel in the Crossroads League that would have it. But the reality of college athletics is it's a competitive space, and if something is working for one school, somebody else will. It might not work at quite the same level, but somebody else will try it. Right. So I think that uh, takes us to, like, looking forward to this upcoming year. I mean, it was crazy to think, but, you know. 
should probably get softball in there. Uh, softball, yeah. just yeah, in terms of sorry, made the conference tournament. Rika Tellis rewrote. I don't think she got stolen bases, but she got most of the other offensive <laughs> records. Yeah. yeah, she's pretty pretty good. Catellus, that's how you pronounce it. Yes, okay. Catellus. Yeah. I would have said co- Coatless. Yeah, or, we, we or Coatless. That's what you do when you fly to Tallahassee. Coatless. <laughs> okay. Tony Tony Miller, everyone. That's just every. I've said at least three times. I think today. <laughs> we'll just keep uh, saying it. Yeah, that's my go-to line now. Yeah, softball had a good season too. I think you wrote a little bit about them. You haven't talked as much in the Goshen College stuff, Evan. You're gonna talk about softball now. Um, All right, good point. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to talk about Goshen softball? I can talk about Goshen someone, softball. Someone wave at the door. Well, someone was being loud walking out over oh. by this over by our door. That's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't pick up in the audio though. So that's good. Yeah, they had a good season. The biggest thing at the Crossroads League? Finished sixth in the Crossroads League, which was their highest that as far as I could look back yeah. like in, in its history. Uh, there would have been some while. success back in the early 2000s, 2000, Christian 2001. Parson, that's yeah. the Christian girls basketball coach. Guidance counselor. Sense. Former Guidance softball counselor, coach. Former softball coach. She's she's worn a lot of hats. A little bit of everything. Yep. Yeah. So but. they had a good season. Re and again re coach. Cotellus. Cotellus. So close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When going, I'm kind of jumping to like the next year, but she'll be back as an assistant coach Reed? next year. Yep. That's cool. Reed. So she gets get some pinch hits in there, pinch hits in there. <laughs> well, I don't know about so. that. I don't Should know about I tweet that. that? Breaking. Breaking. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, it's not really breaking until the podcast comes out. Which will be in about, you know, an hour after we tape. Yeah. So. Listen. Yeah. So yeah, 2022, 23 should be fun, I think. Again, cross country in the fall. I'm intrigued by both soccer teams, too. They both showed some signs last year. And the overall records were about the same, like 6-9-3 six, six, and three, or 6-11. and 11. Uh, I think men and women were like that. But they got some pieces coming back. Like, they could be interesting to kind of watch next year and see how they do. Crossroads League, of course, probably the toughest NAI conference, period. Like, it's really tough in every sport, it feels like. Yeah, women's um, soccer is about the toughest. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And, hey, made the conference tournament last year. And yep. I mean, we don't have to talk about what happened in the conference tournament. <laughs> Let's not. Yeah. yeah. But they made it. They made yep. it. Yep. And, the game before uh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. To get into the conference tournament, it was uh-huh. great. The conference tournament itself, not so much. But, uh, yeah, they could, you know, you know Justin, Justin Crew over at the women's program and Victor Newberg in the men's program. They've got some good mojo going, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, Men's soccer has a lot of incoming guys yeah. uh, coming in, so it'll be fun to see. Yeah, so it, it should be interesting. Obviously, the men's basketball will be fun to see in Caps' first year. Uh, women's basketball, too, replacing those two star players. Um, yeah, and then, you know, spring, we'll see how that goes, too. Men's volleyball is in that weird hybrid of spring <laughs> winter so like they ended like March you know right they're, they're kind of a spring sport but they they're still play most of the season when you're glad you're inside yeah for men's volleyball season will not, will not be outside anytime yeah. soon could you imagine that though he I mean beach volleyball is is emerging as a sport in in college but not not six on six mm-hmm. outside that would be a little bit strange beach yeah. volleyball in the winter yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, if we it's just moved the, the bleachers at the tennis courts over to the sand that's true court, uh, yeah that wouldn't good. be too big of a move <laughs> <laughs> that, that is as ideas go that's certainly one of them <laughs> yes 
<laughs> yes, just like how this is a podcast, or what did we establish at the beginning of this show? Something was a something. Uh, I, I remember, remember making that comment, but I forget what it was about. Uh, it's been 50 minutes. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, a new uh, station. What? ABC. 57. Oh, yeah, ABC. It's, oh. a, it's a TV station. That, yes. Yeah, there are there are several TV stations. And on that note, we'll end it there. <laughs> so, Justin, Tony, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having Any us. parting words of wisdom before we uh, sign off? I was going to talk about how Shaq owns the uh, record for largest Walmart purchase, but maybe we'll save that for the next appearance. Shaq? Yeah. Spent $70,000 at Walmart when he was traded from Miami to Phoenix because they gave him this apartment that was completely unfurnished. Huh. And he gets this call from American Express Security at 3 in the morning that, hey, somebody stole your card, and they're trying to spend seventy grand at Walmart. And he's like, no, that's me. Yeah. And they're like, what on earth are you doing? It's a great story. He can afford to drop 70 k at one time. do you have any uh, Shaq-related content no. for the, uh, for the listeners at all? kind of just like to hear how you close it out after that comment. So I'm going to leave it to you. <laughs> this is how we close Shaq. it out. You ready? Shaq is a DJ. DJ Diesel. You ready for this that's close That's a fun out? fact. And yeah, that's it for it? this edition of the Ghost News Sports <laughs> Podcast. We'll be back next week. Special edition of the episode. Uh, special edition of the podcast. Special, special edition of the episode. Edition of the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, tune in next week. 